Happy Turkey Day, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I am your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, and wishing you all a very happy as well as safe Thanksgiving Day. Tonight's episode is called Diabolical Dolly. And no, I'm not talking about Barbie. (laughs) So, without further ado, this is Terror Radio. The two radio series highlighted tonight are The Weird Circle and X-1. Our first radio play is entitled The Dow, and it was first broadcasted on Christmas Eve, 1944, on The Weird Circle. Following that is the radio play Paragus Wonderful Dows. And this story was first broadcasted on June 5th, 1955 on X-1. So, you all know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to The Dow, followed by Paragus Wonderful Dows. Out of the past, phantoms of a world gone by speak again their immortal tale, the doll. Quiet, quiet. I'll have the bailiff clear the court if this continues. Quiet. Now then, did the court understand the defense correctly? The defendant wishes to make a statement. Yes, Your Honor. I wish to make it regarding the death of the fortune teller, Madame Philomel of Golash Street. My name, as I have said, Your Honor, is Frederick Hippie. I am an inventor and have fashioned many strange things. In Golash Street I was and still am called the Wondersmith. And what I wish to say now is not merely a change in testimony. No, Your Honor, it is more than that. It is a confession. I am only a man who hated his stepdaughter with a burning passion. Hated her who through all her life crossed me. Whose willfulness made of my days a running sore. Whose very youth and strength angered my aging eyes. Yes, hated her. And to make her life suffer was my one consuming ambition. Now... She is out of my reach. The young man, Solon, her foolish and scrawny lover, is innocent of anything in the death of the fortune teller, Philomel. I am the guilty one. I. The events began when I first saw them together. Solon and my stepdaughter, Zonila. Solon had a bookstore, a hovel of a place across the street. On this afternoon, he was reading to my stepdaughter, Zonila. And the pleasure on her face angered me. 
I could hear Solon's voice from where I was, standing in front of my shop with Philomel, the fortune teller. Let me not the marriage of two minds admit impediments. <laughs> Wondersmith, your little bud's blooming in the sun. Sonila! Sonila! Yes? Come here. Look how he shuts his book with a bang. You've a great voice for frightening, Wondersmith. Yes? Have you sat there in the sun long enough, cooing to each other like sick doves? We're not. Get in the house. Upstairs to your room and stay there. Your lover will bake alone in the sun. Get in. Wondersmith, the joy's gone out of her face. She'll laugh only when I laugh. Get in the house, Sunila. You're a fine stepfather, Wondersmith. Your daughter's lucky. <laughs> Stop it. We've business, Philomel. So we have. We made a bargain, Philomel. I have done my part of it. Have you done yours? Yes, hippie. My magic has trapped a soul for the doll. It's in a bottle. You say your part is done? Yes. The paint is drying on the doll now. We will meet tonight at eight in my shop. Do our honored colleagues know? Kaplom the honest jeweler and Oak Smith the cutthroat? <laughs> I've told them. And we will test the doll tonight. Yes. It will be a rare sight, Wondersmith, to see a wooden mannequin come alive full of murder and wrath. If the soul you've bottled is full of murder and wrath... Do not worry, neighbor. My pick of murderous souls is vast and deep. Yellow birds, jailbirds, a whole nation of outlaws are on the waiting list. And we'll be rich. And with the riches, we'll have power. I wonder, Smith, we'll be rich, albeit somewhat bloody. Tonight, then, Philomel. Tonight. Philomel, answer it. It's after eight o'clock. It must be there. Coming. Coming. Patience, you dogs. I'm an old woman, not a young bird. So, you're here at last. Yeah. Come in, Kaplom. You too, Brother Oaksmith. Is everything ready? Where's Hippie? Uh, sit, sit, friends. We will begin in a few minutes. Here's wine. Ah, Drink. I will be back in the morning. Uh, I brought some stones, Philomel. Rubies. Uh, we'll test the doll with them. Uh, here. Good. And you, Oaksmith? The key to the bird store. Splendid. You're a fine purse snatcher, boy. Uh, is that the doll? Yes. Look. Oh, a masterpiece. Beautiful, Wondersmith. Beautiful. A magnificent little man with the face of a devil. The sword in his hand is as sharp as a razor. I have never fashioned anything as fine as this. And we will bring him alive with one of Philomel's souls and send him out into the world for victims. That we choose. Yes, <laughs> that we choose. He will bring us back the rarest jewels. And he'll fight the very devil himself to do it. An epic thief the size of a cat. Uh, let us test him now. Uh, have you the soul, Philomel? In this bottle. The soul of a scoundrel hung at dawn from a public gallows. You seem uneasy, Philomel. This is a restless and angry soul. He stirs in the bottle. Let it loose upon the doll. Soon. Soon. Silence. Huh? What is it, Ebby? I heard something. This hall, the step going by. Your daughter, perhaps. Uh, she wouldn't dare. Oh, come, you're imagining things. There's no one here. I'm not so sure. Oh, we're only wasting time. The doll. It sounded like a step. 
will shut the door. You're nervous. All right. But I was sure that... Loose the soul, Philmel. Then put the rubies away and stand behind me. The soul will leap to the first figure it sees. And, well, I am a bit uneasy about the one I've captured. Be careful. Now then, I cover the doll and push the bottle under the covering. Loose the stopper and, unerring, sure, with devilish art, possess this body, seize this heart, muscle and nerve and brittle bone. Make them all your very own. Oh, it's, it's moving under the covering. Pull off the wrapping. Pull it off. I'll do it. See? Oh, by the seven gods. It's, it's alive. Yes. Alive. Like you and I. See how it glares at us, turning its doll's head from side to side. Oh. Look! It bears its teeth at me. The hate in its eyes when it glares at you, Philomel. Beware its sword, Philomel. Hippie, it is not a friendly doll. That's the soul you gave it, Philomel. It does not like me. Perhaps it wants the taste of blood, and I've the most of it here. The key to the bird store, Philomel. I gave it to you. So you did. Well, my bitter little foe, you shall have your taste of blood. Oh, you'd better call back that soul, Philomel, until we get to the bird shop. I think I'd better, too. Come, my friend. It's home for you. Better call back the soul. Relax the muscle. Release the bone. Give up this palace. Leave this home. A light. It's black as pitch here. Hey, wait. I have a candle. Oh. Hold the doll, Oaksmith, while I strike a match. I have the doll, Wondersmith. Just a minute. Help! Huh? Help! Huh? Murder! What's that? Strike a match, Wondersmith. Strike it! There. Wait. Oh, it's a parrot. Oh. <laughs> There's a watchdog of a bird for you. Quick. Somebody might have heard. Give the doll his soul again, Philomel. Let's be done with this test. Help! Silence! Master! Silence, you feather fool. To work. Cover the doll. The bottle now and unerring, sure with devilish art. Possess this body. Seize this heart. Nerve and muscle and brittle bone. Make them all your very own. Save the housemaster. Quick! Put the rubies in the parrot cage. And it's alive! At first, Your Honor... The tiny doll glared murderously at Philomel, the fortune teller. Even in the candlelight, I could see her grow pale. But the instant the doll saw the jewels, greed crept into its eyes. And nimbly, its tiny sword glittering in the candlelight, it ran across the tabletop, jumped to a shelf, and then, as graceful as a cat, leaped across to the parrot's cage. For a moment he hung there, the cage swinging back and forth, silently, back and forth. The parrot shouted at him, but the doll showed no signs of fear. He stared coldly, and with a thin, amused smile at the bird behind the bars. What happened then, Your Honor, happened in a twinkling. The doll flung the cage door back, and in he leaped, his sword flashing with a rapier speed. The parrot's wings frantically beat the air, and it screamed. Blood peered upon the bird's breast. The doll, like an Italian fencing master, danced about the frenzied bird, plunging his sword into it time and time again. All of us stood there, staring, open-mouthed, at the struggle in the cage, unaware that it was only the parrot screaming. 
It seemed to each of us that we could hear the din of some titanic battle, that we could see the dust of some distant armies locked in war. And then it was over in the flash. The bird screamed. It shuddered and spasms racked its body. And then it fell to the floor of the cage. For a moment, the doll stood there, wild-eyed and panting. And then it bent, scooped up the rubies and swung out of the cage. When it reached us, it dropped the jewels on the tabletop and watched Philomel. Magnificent! Magnificent! Did you see him, Lord? My doll's a success, a success. Philomel, watch out! Hit me! Hit me! I've got him. Draw the soul out quick. Quick. Did you see? He lunged at her. The doll lunged at Philomel. Draw out the soul. Draw out the soul. Relax the muscles. Release the bones. Give up this palace. Leave this home. The uh, doll lunged at Philomel the fortune uh, teller? Yes, Your Honor. The doll had lunged at Philomel the fortune teller. There was no question about it. The doll or the soul that was in it considered Philomel as his foe. At that time, Your Honor, the sword in the doll's hand was not poisoned. Ah, but later on, yes, later on. Mr. Hibby, continue with your confession regarding the murder of the fortune teller, Philomel. When we were done there in the bird shop, and we'd drawn the soul out of the doll in time to save Philomel, we separated. I took my doll, now stiff and wooden, back to my shop, placed it on a shelf, and began walking upstairs to bed. I didn't hear the voices until after I'd reached the first landing. He left you here like this in the dark? He always leaves me like this, Solan. I sit for hours in darkness. I cannot open the window. He nailed it shut. I watched from the street many times, hoping you'd come to it. I couldn't. I know why now. What shall I do, Solan? My life here is a misery. He beats me, treats me like a slave and hates me. Come away with me, Zonila. With you? Yes. Listen to me, Zonila. All that has been said between us are the words in books I've read to you. They were meant for others, those words. But when I said them, I knew. I felt that they were mine. What are books to me, Zanila, but sources to find my thoughts of you in words? Sola. Don't look at me with such wonder and surprise in your eyes, Zanila. Is it a wonder that I should love you? Is it an incredible event that your name should ring like a joyous bell in my brain? For months I've watched your window, hoping to see you appear in it. For months, torturous days, I've loved you, Zanila. Loved you. And spoke to you the words of others because I was afraid. You love me, Sola? Me? A poor wretch? No poor wretch to me, Zanila. But the reality of my dream, the personification of my hopes. Me? Me? My love's as wide as the ocean's wide, Zanila, and as deep, and as strong and firm as the Iron Mountains. So, Lana? Yes. It's so hard to say. So hard. Say it, Zanila. Say it. Dear Sola. You're crying. <laughs> because the miracle has happened. 
a miracle. Samila. I've loved you from the first time I heard your voice. And I thought you were only kind, showing pity. And I needed even that. I never thought you'd love me in my misery. Samila, come away with me. Something is happening here in this house. It's evil. I felt it. You must come away with me. Wherever you want to go, Sola. Will you come now? Yes. Father. And where will you take her? Mr. Hippie. In what volume is this chapter, Bookworm? Is the escape all planned out for you by some other writer? I don't need their help. Yet you use them to steal her affection from me. Affection? What affection? From her father's loving bosom, you would steal her. His light of life. Leave us alone. I'm the brute, eh? The beast who treads on delicate feelings, is that it? We're leaving her together. Without my blessing? Without your curse. Come, Zanila. Stop. Leave the girl alone, Cockerell, or I shall smash you even more than I planned. Do you think, fool, that I shall let her go? After all these years of crossing me, taunting me, do you think I shan't have my vengeance? Zola, Zola! Cry to your miserable lover. Get out of the doorway. I have plans for you, Zonila. You shall play nursemaid and mother to a doll I fashioned. A more murderous child you'll never have. It's a gift I've carved for you to amuse you when you're lonely or to haunt your dreams. And I've a name for that doll. A fine name. One which will dry your tears when the real owner of it is no more. It shall be called Solan. Get away from the door. The comedy is over now, Bookworm. Solan, he's coming towards you. That's an alert girl you never wed, Bookworm. Come here. Don't, Solan, don't. Ah. No, Cockerel, we'll test you. Solan! 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 Quiet. You may proceed. I had to strike the girl to quiet her, Your Honor. And when she was still, I bound up Solon, slung him across my shoulder like a sack of meal, and carried him downstairs to the shop. A plan was already formed in my mind, but it needed the help of the fortune teller, Philomel. I made sure the shop was locked, and leaving Solon there lying on the floor, I went out. The hour was 9.30. It took me only a few minutes to reach the fortune teller's door. Open. It's I, Hippie the Wondersmith. Coming. I'm an old woman. You knock like the very devil's behind you. Come in. Uh, what brings you here now? The dull soul. I need it. Ah, uh, and why? I have a task for him. Another test, and it must be done tonight. What test, Wondersmith? A human one. So long, the bookworm. <laughs> Will you bring the soul? No. What? Why? Why not? I am not anxious to be carved like roast pork wonder smith by the little devil. He hates me. We were badly met, it seems. But I need the soul now. No. I'll give you half my share of what the doll brings us later. And if I've long been buried by then? Philomel. No. Hippie, I must trap another soul. I won't wait. I won't. Solon must die now. Hippie! But I wasn't leaving as early as that, Your Honor. Outside the fortune teller's door, I waited. And when I heard her creak out of the room, I stole in. I knew where she kept the bottled soul. I found it, slipped it in the pocket, and stole out down to my workshop again. Solon was awake now. And as I came in, he watched me. I was pleased that he would be aware of what was going to occur. Who is it? Who's there? Awake, bookworm. Good. You shall be my audience. Look. Do you see this bottle? Answer. I listen. 
Let me go, hippie. Soon, soon. You shan't be in this world much longer. This bottle. Let Zonila go then, if not me. It's Zonila I want. It's you I've no use for, book one. Look, there's a soul trapped in this bottle. That fits a tight one. Listen how he stirs. Hippie. What? What do you want? I'll give you anything. The riches of books, the wealth of fool's wisdom. Have you any gold? No, but... Then we will go on. I have a dull bookworm. Let me show you why I am called the Wondersmith. Look, isn't he a very devil of a fellow? No. And the sword, it's sharp. Small, but life, they say, hangs only by a thin thread. Yet, to make sure, bookworm... I shall poison the sword. You're mad, hippie. Mad or not, I shall kill you. There. The sword's primed. Now watch me. Oh. I, too, can create life. I shall cover the doll. Now, if you please, I shall place this diamond ring upon your chest. My doll needs an incentive. No. No, don't move. Have you pity? Pity is a disease of fools. I've done without it. But no man... Stop. Take your ethics to the grave with you. Now... The moment's ready. Watch sharply. I put the bottle beneath the wrapping. Loose the stopper and... Unerring, sure, with devilish art. Possess this body. Seize this heart. Nerve and muscle and brittle bone. Make them all your very own. Ah, look. It moves. Off with the covering. Off. See how he glares. There's your victim there. Epium. Philomel. Philomel, the doll, the doll, Philomel. I can still see it all clearly, Your Honor. The shop, Solan on the floor, and the look on the doll's face when he caught sight of Philomel. That was the time I first noticed the gold brooch on the front of Philomel's dress. The doll raced across the floor with his sword held high. Philomel's face fell and then grew rigid with terror. She tried to back away, but the doll kept lunging and striking, lunging and striking. And I could see the tiny sword sink in each time. Philomel gasped and shrieked with pain each time the sword struck. Suddenly, the fortune teller tottered and her great body crashed to the floor. There was a sharp splintering of wood. I saw a tiny sword go skittering across the floor. And then I knew the doll. The doll I had fashioned, Your Honor, had been crushed. And the soul in it freed. I tried to raise Philomel. Mm. She was still alive. Oh, I'm sick, Wondersmith. Sick. The sword. You poisoned it, didn't you? Yes, Philomel. Can you do anything? No. You fool. Fool, I warned you. The doll would have turned on you. Where is he? Crushed. You crushed him. <laughs> So I gave him his freedom after all. He was an angry soul, stubborn for his freedom. The bookworm? Alive, but not for long. Let him alone, Wondersmith. Never. You're purchasing a bitter afterlife. As bad as mine will be. Oh, the pain. The pain. No riches and no power for us, Wondersmith. We'll go to the grave, penniless like all the others. Light. Light, it's getting dark. Philomel. I say, let there be light. 
For I am forewarned of the region I shall awake in. Wonder Smith? Yes. You are my executor. You will find neither gold nor jewels, but a crystal which you must destroy. Where are you? Here, Fiona. You will find it in... Oh! oh. A light. Strike a light, someone. Wonder Smith. Wonder Smith. I must have a light. Philomel. Philomel. Huh? You're leaving so soon, Wonder Smith. Well, then. Good night, neighbor. Good night. It was a fine evening. Good night. Good night. And she was dead, Your Honor. And for a little while, I sat there in the silence, holding her head in my arms. I think, and believe me, Your Honor, it is important that you do. I think I love the fortune teller. In a little while, I got up. The young man was staring at the door. In it, pale, drawn, filled with terror stood Zonila, a pistol shaking in her hand. I could have taken it from her without danger, Your Honor. But what was the use? Philomel was dead, and I knew it was the end. How can I explain it? The rest you know. How Solon and Zonila brought me to the police. How I was brought to trial. I am here because I am guilty. I beg no mercy from the court. Only, Your Honor, make it soon. 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 From the time-worn pages of the past, we have brought you the story, The Doll. Bellkeeper, toll the bell. Down for blast off. X minus five, minus four, minus three, minus two, X minus one, fire! From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents X minus one. Tonight, X minus one presents Pirigi's Wonderful Dolls by George Lefferts.
The doll shop stood on a quiet Washington side street, not too far from the sprawling Pentagon building. A woman and child waited outside. The little girl peering eagerly through the window at the dolls inside. And the woman glancing impatiently at her wristwatch, as if expecting someone who was late for an appointment. There was nothing about the doll shop to warn them that they were waiting to keep an appointment with doom. Mommy, look. Hmm? What, dear? In the window of the shop, the tiny dolls. Oh, Mommy, do you think Daddy will buy me one? We'll ask him when he comes, dear. Should be here soon. He said three o'clock on this corner. I see him, Mommy. See? Oh, Henry. Over here. Hello, dear. I'm sorry I'm late. Well, we're all ready to go shopping. Cindy's been... Yes, well, I'm afraid we'll have to call off the shopping, Elmer. Oh, Henry, we promised Cindy. Well, I'm sorry, but it's just one of those things. You've been the wife of an army colonel long enough to know his life isn't his own. What is it this time? Well, some more of that flying sphere nonsense. The pilot who says he sighted it last month crashed and was killed today, and the general wants a full report. Oh, dear. What next? Well, i got a staff meeting at the Pentagon at 3.15. Daddy, look in this window. Yes, I haven't time, dear. Alma, I... Yes. Just for a minute, Daddy, yes. please. Now, Cindy, I haven't time to stop and watch a bunch of six-inch dolls parading around in the shop window. Say, <laughs> hey, they are lifelike, aren't they? Look at that, Alma. Dolls are marching around like a regular review. They've even got their own little band. <laughs> See the one in the red jacket, Daddy? Yes. He's the leader. He's bowing to us. Well, uh, if they don't look human... Henry, your staff meeting. Uh, Oh, yes, yes. Well, i got to run. Can we buy one, Daddy? Well, not now, dear, and I'll run along. Now, don't go spending a lot of money on that nonsense. No, Mama. dear. Bye. Bye, Cindy. Bye, Bye, Daddy. Oh, look, Mommy, the band is going to play. Aren't they wonderful, honey? Honey, I must have stood on this corner a thousand times. I've never noticed this shop before. Look at the man inside, Mommy. Who's he? That's the proprietor, dear. Doesn't he look funny with those those red cheeks and white mustache? It's easy to see who he models his dolls after. I mean, look, he's coming to the door. He's coming. Good evening, children. Uh, uh, good evening. How funny he talks. Hush, Cindy. Uh, would you like to step inside the shop of Santo Pirigi? Well, yes, we would. But... This way. Here in the shop of Santo Pirigi, creator of Pirigi's universal, wonderful dolls, the world of adult reality is blended with the world of child's fantasy. This is a new shop, isn't it, Mr. Pirigi? What is new and what is old? Come, this way. Would you like to meet one of my little ones? Oh, yes. Now, this one in the red jacket is Toto. He's the leader. <laughs> Handle him ever so gently. See, I will set him on the table. Speak, little one. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? Oh, my, he talks the doll talks. Amazing, absolutely amazing. That is nothing for Pirigi's wonderful dolls. Listen, sing. Sing, Toto. Sing for the little girl. My name is Toto. (laughs) Sing, Toto. Men are big and tall, dolls are very small. When men begin to fall, the dolls will rule them all. <laughs> oh, more, more. Uh, how do they work, Mr. 
Pirigi. How do they work? Ah, that is the secret of the great Pirigi, greatest of all doll makers. To make an ordinary doll is nothing. To make a perfect replica, that is something. But to make a doll with intelligence, that is the work of an artist, eh? I suppose that they're very expensive to buy. But Pirigi does not sell his dolls, madam. You don't sell them? When I construct a doll like Toto, I cannot bear to be permanently separated from him. So instead of selling, I rent my little people. You do? You rent dolls? Precisely. Ten dollars. For how long? For as long as they are cherished. My only request is that when you grow tired of my dolls, you return them to me in good condition. Oh, Mommy, could we take him home? Take him home! Take him home! Take him home! <laughs> oh, look, he's following him, Denny. He wants to well, come. Well, your father said that we shouldn't spend a lot oh, of money. Oh, please, I'll take such good care of it. Please. Well, honey, we'll have to deal with your father later, but... Well... Oh, Mommy! All right. Wrap him up, Mr. Parigi. But I have a feeling that when your father comes home, we'll be sorry. Be sorry, be sorry, be sorry, be sorry. <laughs> now, Toto, this is my room, and you're going to sleep right here next to my pillow. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't laugh like that. I'm going to have to teach you some manners. <laughs> And you be quiet because my daddy will be home soon. And he's a colonel in the Air Force staff. And he'll bust you to private if you don't behave. Come along now. I'm going to introduce you to my puppy dog, Mr. Blister. So be good. Here, Mr. Blister. Here, Blister. Come on. <laughs> Mr. Blister, this is Toto. Oh, dear, I don't think Mr. Blister likes you, Toto. <laughs> Come over here and shake hands with Torture, Mr. Blister. Come on now. the gentlest little pup alive. He is, and he's nasty, and I hate him. Oh, now see, you've hurt his feelings. I don't care. He tried to bite my new doll, and I don't ever want to see him again, ever. Oh, dear. All right, Mr. Blister, you come downstairs with me. Cindy's angry with you tonight. I'll kill him. Cindy, where did you learn a thing like that? I... Toto said it. Honey, you've had a, a very exciting day. Now, brush your teeth now and go to bed. Hmm? Daddy's coming home late, so he'll see you in the morning. Good night, dear. Sleep well. Hate him. <laughs> Hate him. Hate him. Hate him. Hate him. <laughs> Ready? In a minute, dear. Mm. How was the staff meeting last oh, night? Horrible bore, as usual. I don't know what's got into the old man. Just because a few farmers corroborated the pilot's report, he thinks some strange aircraft has penetrated our radar zone. <laughs> well, where's the little one? Up in her room. 
<laughs> now, that's funny. She's usually down here before me. Well, she's probably up to something. Sit down, dear. Say, remind me to take some papers back to the War Department, will you? I left them in my strong box. You haven't been bringing your reports home, have you? Well, it's safe enough. Well, you told me it was against regulations to bring secret papers home. Well, I had to finish some work for the old man, and nobody will ever know the difference. Well, I don't know. Oh, would you feed the puppy before we sit down, Henry? Mm, yes. His bowl's under the sink. Where is he? Say, that's funny. Here's his supper from last night, only half eaten. He's getting fussy. Doesn't like canned dog food anymore. Oh. Here, Blister. Here, Blister, Blister, Blister. Well, where the dickens is that mutt? Maybe he's on the back porch. Here, Blister. Here. Alma. What is it, dear? Alma, look. <gasps> Henry, is he... He's dead. But how? But what the looks of it, he, he might have been poisoned. But do a thing like that to an innocent little puppy. I don't know. Let me see his dish. Look at that. I don't understand this at all. Not at all. What, dear? What is it? There are pieces of broken glass in this food. Blue glass, you see? How? Henry. What? I just remembered something. What? It may be coincidence, but in the bathroom this morning... Well, what about the bathroom? Oh, Cindy's blue glass, the one with the Mickey Mouse on it, was broken. I found pieces in the wastebasket. I meant to ask her about oh, it. Alma, for heaven's sake, you aren't suggesting that our little girl... Well, she loved Blister more than anyone. Not last night, she didn't. Why not? He went after Toto. Now, who is Toto? That's her new doll. Her what? Honey, I was meaning to tell you. But you you bought her one of those dolls. I, huh? I just rented it. Well, Rented it. Now, look here, Alma. You know we haven't got the kind of money to throw away. Well, she on... had her heart set on it, dear. I used my dividend. <sighs> All right. But what happened with Blister? Well, he went for the doll, and, and Cindy said she hated him. Oh, well, a child... She is... said she'd kill him. Where'd she get a thought like that? I don't know. Has she been watching those chillers on television? I don't know. Well, it's too ridiculous. Good heavens, a nine-year-old child putting ground glass in dog food, she'd have to be a monster. Mommy! She's coming. Well, don't say anything. I'll talk to her. Morning, dear. Morning, Mommy. Morning, Daddy. What's the matter? Uh... Sit down, dear. Yes, sir. Oh, your mother tells me you broke your blue drinking glass. Oh, no, I didn't break it. Cindy. I didn't. Well, now, somebody broke it. It wasn't your mother and it wasn't me. It must have been Toto. Cynthia. Cindy, you know Toto is only a doll. Now, a doll couldn't have broken your glass, could he? Well? I guess not. So we can't very well blame it on a doll, then, can we? He must have done it, Daddy. Cindy, you know how Daddy feels about little girls who tell fibs. Now, did you break your glass and maybe accidentally get some pieces into Mr. Blister's dish to sort of punish him for biting your doll? No, Daddy. Well, I'd hate to think you'd done something you knew was wrong and you were blaming it on a doll. Is something wrong with Mr. Blister? Is he sick? Worse than that. Henry. The child has to face reality, Alma. What's the matter with Mr. Blister? He's dead, Cindy. Oh, no. We can't be dead. He isn't dead, Daddy. No, he isn't. He isn't. Mommy. Um, he is dead, Cindy. But he'll come back. He has to come back. No, darling, he won't come back. Ever? Not ever. Yes. Well, now that we've told you, Cindy... You want to change your mind about the glass? Henry, leave her alone, please. You think I killed him? 
Now look what you've done. The child feels guilty <laughs> enough, My Henry. dear, this is no time for feelings to interfere. You go up to your room, honey. Daddy and I'll be up in a minute. I don't want to. Please, Cindy. Now we'll be right up. Please. That's a good girl. Close the kitchen door behind you. Mr. Blister's dead. He isn't coming back. Ever. Ever. Daddy thinks it was me, but... It was you. It was you. your supper, dear. I'm not hungry. You scarcely touched your lunch. I don't feel like eating. Is it Mr. Blister? <laughs> now answer your mother. She'll work it out her own way, Henry. Well, I don't know, Elma. When I was a boy, there was such a thing as discipline. Now, the way this child is being brought up... Henry! Well, it's true. There's no respect, lying and... <laughs> oh, there, there, honey. Now, your father's upset. He doesn't mean well, it. what's happened to us? We were a nice, peaceful, happy family until you bought that cursed doll. Now who's blaming things on the doll? Well, it's true. It's... Oh, now I've spilled my coffee. I'll get you another cup. Never mind. I'm late now. I better be going. Oh, you uh, wanted to get some papers from the strong box. Oh, yes. Cindy, please, try to eat something. Yes, ma'am. Alma! Alma! What is it? Alma! It's gone! What's gone? The box, the strong box is gone! It can't be! The door to your study's always locked. You and I, I have the only keys. Yeah, I know all that, and I tell you it isn't there. Well, who would go? I don't know. Alma, those confidential reports, if they ever got into the wrong place. I house... warned you about keeping them well, there. What if it ever came out in the open? Can't you see the papers? Call the police, yeah. Henry. And throw my army career in a wastebasket after 17 years? No. We've got to find it ourselves. Well, it was there when I went in to clean this morning. What about your key? It's right here. I always keep it with me. It's funny. Oh, no. My other keys are on the ring. Oh, you've lost it. I don't see how. Alma, Alma, how could you do Oh, Henry, please. We'll search the house. I can't think of anything else to do. Well, you'll miss the staff meeting. Meeting? My whole career goes up in smoke if we don't find those reports. Somebody got hold of your key and opened that room and... I know. Cindy. You leave the child alone. She's been through enough. You know she wouldn't do a thing like that. I don't know anything anymore. I don't even know my own child. I don't even know you. All I know is that strong box is gone and it contains papers that are dynamite if the wrong person gets them. The question being who? <laughs> What's that? It's coming from upstairs. It must be Cindy's doll. Oh, that blasted doll again. <laughs> Something must have set it off. I don't know how to, the mechanism well, works. For heaven's sakes, let's go up and shut it off. Since you Henry, what? Look, where? What? Around the doll's neck, the key, the key to your study. You see, Alma, it was Cindy after all. I don't believe well, it. Oh, good heavens! Do you have to have it spelled out for you? Here's our doll with a key around its she neck. She wouldn't, Henry. You know she wouldn't. Oh, ever since you got this this fool doll, she's been acting half insane. At first the dog, and now this. 
I think she hates herself. Henry, Cindy is my child. I know her. I know she's a good, sensitive person with no malice in uh, you're her. You're simply refusing to face the facts, my dear. What are you going to do? I'm going downstairs and have a talk with that young lady. Not telling the truth, Cindy. I am, I am. Cindy, now you know that strong box is very important to me. Now I can understand that you might have been angry at me because I scolded you. And so you took it and hid it, just to spite me. Now all I ask is for you to tell me the truth. Now where is it? I didn't take it, Daddy. Honest, I didn't take it. Well, I suppose you're going to tell me now that a little six-inch doll took it and hid it. Well, I'm speaking to you, young lady. But I didn't take it, Daddy. You don't understand. Toto did it. He's terrible, awful. He says things. He's going to kill everybody. Cindy, you're inventing things. It's true. At night when I'm sleeping, he stands next to my pillow and whispers things to me. Awful things. He told me he'd kill me, too, if I scold Alma, if I told you. I think this child is sick. I think she needs a doctor. She's frightened, Henry. Trembling like a leaf. Come on, dear. We'll go up to your room. I don't want to go up there. Honey, Mommy will stay with you. I'm afraid he's up there. Who? Toto! Well, he won't be up there for long. Mr. Toto is going right back to Pierigi's wonderful doll shop before I lose my sanity, which means right now. Welcome to the home of Pirigi's wonderful doll. Are you Pirigi? Santor Pirigi, creator of the universal doll, the doll with the mind, the doll which... I'm returning one of your masterpieces. Oh? If you will step into the rear of my shop. Now the complaint. No complaint. Here's your doll. Good riddance. My little Toto. Rejected. You found the world of men too filled with hate. Hate, 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 hate! We will change all that later on. Return to your comrades in the window, little one. And now, Colonel Grayson. I think we have no further business. Ah, but we do, Colonel. Let me see. Ah, yes, here it is. Do you recognize the strong box, Colonel? My strong box? Well, where? My little Toto is very clever, sir. Are you trying to tell me your doll stole that from me? Let us not say stole. I am merely keeping it in custody. What's the game, Pierigi? The game, as you call it, is blackmail. You give me what I want, and I do not ruin your career. Well, what do you want? Information. We already know something from the reports of the War Department concerning a certain strange-looking sphere reported by one of your pilots. What government do you represent? I represent Pierigi's wonderful dolls, none other. <laughs> I am not so naive, sir. Perhaps I should explain. Each man hides something from the world. Each man loves something more than life. With the help of my wonderful dolls, I obtain personal information which enables me to control the men who control the world. You're a madman. A genius. 
You would be surprised at the list of men who have become the confidants for my dolls. Do you think you can blackmail me into betraying my country? If the price is right. And in this case, sir, the price is your career and the lives of your wife and child. Why are you so interested in the flying spirit? Well, let us say for reasons of my own. Well, Colonel? Hand over the strong box. I warn you, I have a gun. Give it to me. You are being foolish. Put down that walking stick. Now? No closer. Now? Hello? Give me the police. Hello? This is Colonel Henry Grayson. I've, uh, I've just killed a man. Yes, Perigi's doll shop, corner of 4th and Lexington. The body is in the back room. Yes, I'll wait for you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, you little fiend. Colonel Grayson. Did... Did I hear it speak? Colonel Henry Grayson. <laughs> I must be going out of my mind, a six-inch doll. <laughs> Shut up! Your master's dead. You are mistaken, Colonel. I, Toto... I'm the master. What do you mean? If you will examine the body of Santor Perigi, you will see that he does not bleed. And he does not bleed, Colonel, because Santor Perigi never lived. Never lived? Santor Perigi is a doll. A Doll, but that's impossible. He's a man. He talks. He walks. The people of Meritrix are skillful doll builders. People of Meritrix doll but But who are you? I am Xanthus Imperator, commander of the legions of the third planetoid, Meritrix. Uh, Legions? Planetoid? My people and I, whom you regard as dolls, come from a tiny planet beyond the moon, so small that it cannot support... Our population. We landed one of our space spheres on Earth three months ago with the intention of colonizing. Unfortunately, one of your pilots intercepted us. So that's why you wanted our information. Precisely. Are you, uh, are you, uh, human? Oh, quite human. Uh, Of course, in order to deal with Earth people without suspicion, we were forced to construct Perigi, a... Man-sized doll. Well, I can't believe this. I'm having hallucinations. I'm going to get out of here. Oh, that would be impossible. We have weapons of destruction quite unknown to Earth people. Well, I phoned the police and they'll be here soon. By the time they arrive, my people will have prepared something quite shocking. Cover him, Ryan. Okay, Sarge. You the guy who turned in the call? Yes. Where's the body? Well, it isn't exactly a body. What do you mean? It's a doll. A what? Well, you've got to let me explain. Well, this sounds fantastic, but I've stumbled onto an unbelievable plot to control the world. Keep talking. Now, these little dolls, they aren't really dolls. They're tiny people. There's a big doll named Santo Perigi, and he runs this shop. Holy smokes. He's off his trolley, Sergeant. Listen, mister, we got a call that there was a murder here. Now, if there was one, where's the body? Behind those curtains in the back. Only, it isn't really a body, you see. 
What? I hear something back there, Sarge. All right, cover those curtains. You, if there's anyone back there, come on out. Come out or we'll come in and get you. Something's coming. The curtain's opening. Welcome, gentlemen. Luigi. Well, this is impossible. I smashed his skull. I... You know this guy? Yes, that, that's the one. That's the doll. What's your name, mister? Perigi. Santo Perigi, creator of the Universal Doll. You ever see this man? Never until just now. What? Well, he's lying. I tell you, he's nothing but a life-size doll. The real masters are these little dolls. Ryan, are you getting this? He's wacko, Sarge. Nutty as a fruit. Look, look, I'm not crazy, I tell you. I can prove it. They, they must have fixed up his head when I when I smashed it in. T- touch him, you'll see. Mr. Perigi... You know what the guy is talking about? The man is demented, obviously. No, no, look, I tell you, there's a there's a plot to control the Earth. Listen, you, you've got to let me call the War Department. They'll want to know about the flying sphere. Holy mackerel, this gets worse every minute. Ryan. Take him to headquarters? Save some time. Take him down to the psycho ward. Okay, Buck Rogers. Now, look, I'm along nice look, look, and quiet look, you've got to listen to me. Don't you see the future of mankind is at stake? Sure, sure. I know how it is. Look, he's nothing but a man-sized doll. Touch him. And the little ones are going to take over the Earth. I know. I had the DTs once. Okay, Sarge. Oh, okay. We'll see you later. Please, please. Come along. Please, now. listen Come to on. me. You've got to listen to me. Sorry to cause all this trouble, Mr. Breed. Not at all, sir. Not at all. <laughs> well, I'll be. Well, <laughs> that ain't the cutest little doll. Say, my little girl will be nuts for that. But perhaps you will accept it as a gift. Well, now. For saving I... my life. That madman might have killed me. No home is really complete without one of Pirichi's wonderful dolls, Sergeant. Is that right, Toto? <laughs> yes, but I... I, I, I would like in some way to show my gratitude. You will be doing me a favor if you will take the doll home to your little daughter. Say, <laughs> this ought to make her the happiest girl in the world. Yes, Toto will come <laughs> as a great surprise. A very great surprise. Won't it, Toto? <laughs> Tonight, by transcription, X-1 has brought you Pirigi's Wonderful Dolls, written by George Lefferts. Heard in the cast were Janet Alexander as Cindy, Anne Petoniak as Alma, Nelson Armstead as Henry, Joe DeSantis as Pirigi, Michael O'Day as Toto, Ken Lynch as the sergeant, and Frank Milano as Ryan. This is Fred Collins speaking. X-1 was directed by Fred Way and is an NBC Radio Network production. Tonight's story concludes the present series of stories of the world of the future. If you'd like to hear X-1 return to the air at some later date, Please drop us a postcard or letter addressed to X-1, care of the National Broadcasting Company, RCA Building, New York. Well, that's the show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970. Or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd. I also have a YouTube channel, Terror Radio. Please check it out. Subscribe. Like and share the videos. Will be highly appreciated. Again, this is Keith, your host, 
better known as the Radio Show Nerd, signing off. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.